What's up, guys? It's time to go Behind the Bum. All right, guys, what's up? Welcome to this episode of Behind the Bum. This episode is called Election Day. We are days away. So I wanted to invite two friends who are on opposing sides and kind of discuss various topics that I think are big going on in the election right now that I think are worth discussing before everybody makes a decision. Um, I know I personally already cast in my ballot. Um, JC, have you voted yet? I'm voting October 12th, early voting in Georgia. Okay. Ariel, what about you? Uh, no, I'm going to vote when I get back to New York because I'm, uh, I think I'm still, the last election I was still living in New York full time. So I think I'm still, I'm pretty sure I'm still um, clear to vote there. Even though right now I'm in Florida, but I'm going back. Yeah. So I'm going to do it in person if I can. I mean, I, I prefer it in person, but then I was just like, you know what, if they're going to mail it to me, why not? So <laughs> without further ado, I have my friend JC, my little TikTok Gen Z guru. Oh, yeah. Um, Hi. So, <laughs> JC, how would you classify yourself politically? I am a moderate liberal. I do not count myself as like a radical, like SJW. That's not me, not my narrative. I'm fact, data, science, the whole thing. Well, that's why you're going to Cornell for for biology <laughs> or something smart. I was going to say something that I would not be able to comprehend. Um, and then on the other side of this, I guess we could say, I'm my friend Ariel Scarcella. Um, Ariel, how would you, I guess, identify at this point politically? Uh, interestingly enough, everybody thinks I'm conservative, but I would actually consider myself moderate as well. I wouldn't say moderate liberal anymore though. I, I would say just straight up moderate. Cause I, I have, uh, it, I, I go along with issues on, on both ends of the coin. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess we should start with, JC, I'll start with you, I guess. But where did you grow up and like, what was it like in your household? Like, did your parents influence you politically at all? Yeah. So I grew up in a suburb outside Atlanta, Roswell. So it's like, kind of Republican, kind of Democrat, but mostly conservative socially. And my parents were very liberal. My whole family's from New York, Connecticut, whatever. My dad was conservative until Trump. Then he became liberal. And that's kind of when he divided. But my stepmom and mother have always been like liberal. Interesting. That's really interesting, just, actually. Yeah, I was gonna say, especially in the South, I feel like that's hard to come by. Right, yeah. very. Um, Aria, what about you? What was it like growing up politically for you? Yeah, I mean, my dad, uh, I, I grew up lower middle class, I would say, um, in Brooklyn, and we didn't have a ton of money. And we always, from what I understood, we always voted Democrat. Um, my dad was a mailman, so blue collar worker. And, you know, they haven't been, you know, they haven't been exactly good to us, in my opinion, Democrats, the last five or six years uh, in New York City. Um, and I think it's, it's a shit show for, for what de Blasio has been doing in the city. And I just recently changed my party to Republican. I mean, I technically I'm, I'm an independent, but just for, you know, easy sake, I'm going to, I'm going to vote Republican in most of the elections now. Um, and if need be, I can always change it later on. Hmm. I think for me, my... I was like brought, I don't know, so tough to say, because I feel like my mom is extremely liberal and my dad's Republican. 
and going to like a private Catholic school my whole life, I feel like they teach you more so like Republican values because a lot of those people are like very wealthy. Like they don't, I just feel like in general, they value more monetary gain as opposed to social issues. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's almost like the people I was surrounding myself with growing up, it felt like they, they could turn a blind eye to certain issues like gay rights or black lives matter, things like that, because that wasn't their world. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that, it didn't directly affect them. So it just felt like since that doesn't directly affect me, everybody just felt very conservative. Like, so I think moving to New York was very like eye opening for me because I realized how many different types of people there actually were. And it's interesting having conversations with my friends from high school, because it's like, we have such different viewpoints at this point, just based on like who moved away, who didn't. And I mean, not to say anybody's like better than anybody else, but I just think the more you can surround yourself with different people, the more educated you're going to be, you know? Yeah, 100%. You have to get out of your echo chamber. Like, and I think that's a big misconception. Yeah, it's a big misconception at the moment with conservatives that they're all about money. I I never made a lot of money. (laughs) You know what I mean? And and I'm beginning to be a bit more conservative, moderate conservative, whatever you call it, libertarian, I guess. Um, And it's, it's because... Of, of how far, not because I'm necessarily going more right, but because I'm not continuing going left, you know? And I think that's, that's a, a, a big narrative that's being falsified as well. Like, oh, Arielle switched teams and she changed. And it's like, no, I haven't changed. It's everybody on the left has become so far left that I can no longer, you know, ag- agree with, with half of what they're saying. And I, I didn't fit in anymore and I got shit for it. So I, I, you know, found people that agree with me and, and, respect my views, even if they disagree with me. Well, before we get into like actual facts, I just want to ask you guys like perception wise, um, Aria, I'll start with you. When you think of like a liberal or somebody who's like gay, hardcore supporting Biden, like what does that person look like to you, whether that's on social media or in person or things like that? Um, I think it's, it's a good mix, but I, I think unfortunately, and this is just what I've seen, um, I think a lot of them are just going along with it. And this is myself included in the past with Obama and, and Hillary. I think we go along assuming that we have to vote Democrat, that they have, you know, our, our interests, you know, they have our best interests at heart, which it's not necessarily true. Like if you look at Biden's record, it's actually pretty, ter- pretty terrible how he used to treat um, minorities and LGBT people up until 2012. He was, wasn't even supporting of, of gay marriage. Um, and I, I think it makes, it used to, it made sense a few years ago to feel like you had to vote Democrat. But from what I understand now about the Republican Party, they are pretty, still fairly, most of them are still fairly socially liberal. Um, and I think they're more fiscally conservative. And I, I tend to agree with that because I think we should put Americans first. And, and um, you know, people like my grandfather who served in, in uh World War II and stuff like that. If he was still alive, like, would he be homeless at this point? You know, those are issues that I find as I'm getting older, I find myself caring about more and more. So I think that people, when people are minorities, they're assuming that they have to vote Democrat because that's the way it was in the past. But I think that's kind of starting to flip, believe it or not. Uh, JC, what do you think? Like if you had to think of like the perception of a Trump supporter, how does that come off to you? For me, I think people on my end tend to be very homogenizing towards Trump supporters and very monolithic in how they think. 
And the way I view Trump supporters is I don't think they're all the same. I think they all feel very similarly and that they all feel rather disenfranchised. I've seen a lot of Trump supporters who feel silenced by the left and by like the liberals. I mean, you look at 2016, Hillary's campaign. It did not appeal to poor white people. It appealed to black people, Latinos, LGBT, marginalized groups, which is great. But if you think about it, like poor white people in the middle of bum who knows where, like my stepmom, for instance, they don't have any ability of upwards mobility. And so for instance, like Ariel, I watch your YouTube, I follow you on Twitter and stuff. When I look at how you have changed from left to more right, it's a, I see someone who feels disenfranchised. You feel as though lesbians are left out of the conversation now from what I perceive, you know? And so I think- That's a great point, great point. I feel that a lot of Trump supporters feel disenfranchised. They feel like no one's listening to them. They feel as though the left isn't listening to them, that they're elitist and classist and they just call them hicks and move on. And I don't think that's accurate. So that's kind of my perception is people who feel like they're not heard. I think that's accurate. I think that that's very, very accurate. Much your answer. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I feel like it could be, be media-based, but just like every time I see a Trump supporter online, it, it like puts this like pit in your stomach as a gay man, at least for me, that's just like, it, it almost makes you cringe a little bit inside. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like that logo and that name just embodies a very negative image. And like, I, I don't think it's necessarily like, maybe it is Trump's fault, maybe it's not Trump's fault, but the whole make America great again and just everything that has been said. And I mean, I've never been one to trust the media because I feel like they tell you everything. They, they're they spewing it. You know what I mean? It's a story. But at the end of the day, the way Trump supporters are portrayed is not positive and it makes, it makes it easier for people to not want to vote for him. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, I agree with you. I th- And I think that's the media is doing 100% because even even on Twitter, you know, and Twitter's not necessarily like the mainstream media, but in a sense that I say media in a sense that it's very easy to, you know, misunderstand or misinterpret things that somebody's saying, or for somebody to retweet me and not get that it was a joke, or for somebody to say something about me when I'm talking about something that has no idea, you know, where I've come from in, you know, the past with, with whatever situation I'm talking about. It's very, very easy to pigeonhole somebody. But every single Trump supporter that I've met, and that, that doesn't mean every single Trump supporter in the United States, but everyone that I've met in person has been so ridiculously ridiculously respectful even to the point where i've disagreed with them on major issues like abortion i'm pro-choice i'm feminist and they still respect me they don't tell me i should die they don't tell me that i'm an idiot or you know it's like okay we like agree to disagree like we can have our own opinions and i think that's what a trump supporter more so is in my mind these days is somebody that just isn't following the herd well i think the reason why people were at least let's say in the beginning, right? When before Trump, like when Trump was like, oh, I'm going to run for presidency. We're all like, wait, what? And I think the reason why people resonated with him so hard in the beginning was because at least even for me, like, I'll be honest with you, like, I don't think I could ever vote for that man. Like just personal reasons. Like I would never vote Republican. And that's your right. That's your right. And and well, Republicans I will. I think yeah. a lot of liberals and a lot of people 
hate the government. Like I am very like, I don't trust the government. I think it's all rigged. I think everybody has their hand in other people's pockets. And I feel like no matter who you really vote for, there's only so much change that's going to happen. Well, can, I, can I say something? Can I say something really quickly? Sorry. Just because it's really important to what you just said. A lot of liberals, you know, it's, it's interesting what you said, because you say you don't trust the government. But what you guys don't realize is by voting Democrat, you're actually giving the government more power, right? The whole, the whole point of being a conservative and being, and being more Republican is less government involvement, right? And I think, in, myself included, I didn't really understand how that worked until I saw, you know, the differences in taxes and, and, and that kind of stuff, you know? Mm. But yeah, like re Republican, Republican and conservatives by nature want smaller government, less government involvement. So if, if you were to say, I don't trust the government, you probably should think about voting for more Republican candidates. I'm just saying, like, that's just based on that one thing you just said. I mean, I definitely do hate the government. Like, I've yeah. never really been political. Like, I feel like until I came out, I was not knowledgeable. I just kind of, like, followed what I was told growing up. You know what I mean? Like, right. I never exactly. really listened. Like, I spent, you know what I mean? Like, the past couple weeks, like, actually watching the debate and, like, educating myself and, like, listening and... I do find it very interesting and I think everybody's vote actually does matter. Um, but I guess like going back to my point, I mean, I guess I should just, we'll get into it. So let's start with just like COVID. Let's start with that topic first, right? JC, when you think of like COVID and how it was handled in America, how do you think in general Trump handled it? I he handled it terribly like just absolutely awful we we're the only we we're one of the only like developed first world nations that is still just reeling from it a recent uh study actually from cornell came out that he was the highest rate or the largest source of misinformation about coronavirus uh i know people who were doctors and when he talked about the lysol bleach incident poison control was going off the wall with calls he played it down, even, I mean, he's infected with COVID. He and his entire cabinet, for the most part, and top advisors are infected with coronavirus. And I think that they have led this campaign of lies and misinformation, even in the vice presidential debate, uh, Pence was like, we were all outside the whole time. That's not true. There are photos of them at an inside re um, recession, whatever it is, where they all hang out, whatever. They're all inside with no masks. So I think they've led this campaign of misinformation and lies, and they just don't believe in science. And when you destabilize science and basic facts and data, it has disastrous consequences. Even looking at hydroxychloroquine, this drug that Trump touted as amazing. Was he taking hydroxychloroquine when he was at Walter Reed? No, but he was telling a bunch of other people to, to disastrous consequences. And it even poured over to affecting people with lupus who couldn't get their own medication. So I think over and over and over again, he has made empty promises, de defied science, and caused this massive public distrust in, in science and data. And it has cost the lives of now 212,000 Americans. So I just think overall it's been atrocious beyond just, it's awful. Yeah, Ariel, how do you think he handled it from your perspective? Um, I think it's very easy to blame him, right? Because he is the president. But if you look at it, it, it like with John, John, right? What he said is, 
you know, you look at the statistics, right? New York City um, had the highest rate of, of deaths at first, and it's because of local government, right? It has nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with de Blasio and Cuomo and how they handled it. I have a, a few friends that work in nursing homes and my cousin, um, my cousin in New Jersey, it's not like exactly, you know, New York, but it's close enough. Um, she works in North Jersey and she works in a hospital and, and she said the, the way they were treating uh, the nursing home patients, bringing, uh, you know, bringing them from uh, the older, I should say older patients, bringing them to nursing homes was, was a terrible idea. And that wasn't Trump. Um, and I also think that, you know, it's, it's still all up in the air, pun intended. Like, do we even know if it's like, <laughs> if it's airborne or not? Like people yeah. are still figuring it out. Like, yes, we can go by science, but science doesn't even know yet. So I think it's easy to blame somebody because we, we, we really want to blame science, but we don't know facts yet. We're still learning about this virus. Well, so it's very you. difficult to handle it. I don't think he handled it well, but yeah. I don't think he's also fully to blame, you know? Well, I mean, um, definitely there's multiple people to blame, but I just feel yeah. like if you found out about it in January, well, technically you found out about it in like November, December, when we saw mm -hmm. what was going on in China, right? Mm -hmm. And then he apparently got whatever type of information in January. Like, I feel like I can only think like, what would I do if I was put in that situation? Like I would have immediately like shut down the border. Like, why are you letting people come in to this country for the next two months? I, I completely agree with you. And I'm glad you said that because I, I, I'm sure, as you know, like he, he continuously says, he, you know, he says, listen, I wanted to close the border and the leftists and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris called me racist. You know, he wanted to close the border from what I understand. At least he says that he wanted to close the border. I don't know. I'm not in his office. I don't know what the hell he yeah. does behind the doors. But if that's true, I, I agree with him. I think he should have closed the borders and that, you know, all the other countries had closed their, you know, started to close their borders. Nobody called them racist, you know? So I do think people are also very, very hard on him for no reason, you know? So I, I actually did fact check that like claim of Joe Biden calling him racist because of the border closing. And so the Joe Biden calling him xenophobic on that right. day was actually not related as far as we could tell data wise, he didn't know. But okay. also it's that Trump is, the, the majority of coronavirus cases came from Europe to America. And that's also part of the reason why um, population centers like New York were hit so hard, regardless of, of governments like Democrat or Republican. It's that when you have a massive population center, if you study epidemiology, just statistically, that's how it's going to happen. And also, mm. I would like to point out that now the states that are the worst in cases are Republican are Southern states that are run by Republican governors and people who are trying to, to block the actual science and data. And I think that if you look at the states that have hand or cities, like I was just in Nashville and they have a mask mandatory order, which a lot, the Michigan governor almost got kidnapped and murdered for that a couple days ago. I but if you look at it in Nashville, there's 1400 cases and dropping when I was there, which was amazing. I could go out, I could go to get drinks, go to the bar, and not worry and about getting COVID function. for the most part, because 1,400 cases, because there was mandatory masks and social distancing rules. Yeah, and I think that's all fair also. I, I really do. I think, that, I think that people are still figuring out what the hell is going on. I, I think he should have closed the borders completely, not just to China, but to everywhere, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you fact-checked that, because I didn't. <laughs> but I also think, though, that, like, I think due to the fact of how Trump handles the day-to-day -day with COVID. For example, like 
not properly wearing a mask all the time and like not acting like it should be mandated. The Trump supporters from down south are like, our president's not wearing a mask. Like they almost like embody what he's doing in a way that it's like, I'm looking at it from the sense that I see Cuomo wearing a mask and I see like Democrats wearing a mask and you see that it's working. And like, even during the debates, like you saw Joe's wife get on stage and she was wearing a mask. But then you see like Melania and all his children get on stage and not one of them has a mask on. There's like 12 of them. And it's just like that perception on how people are seeing it. And I get that you can be in like New York, LA, whatever. And like you live in educated city, but to all the people who are like middle America, technically Republicans, you know what I mean? They are just watching these things and they're like, Oh wow. Trump's not wearing a mask. Fuck it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, it's just not a good way to be a leader is how I view it. I could see that. I could see that in that case. I think that it's, again, I think it's really difficult to, to figure out what the, exactly the right thing is to do, you know, because I think after six months, you should, they no, should. I don't, I don't mean the masks. I just mean in general with yeah. the whole coronavirus, because where, where we have, yes, we've, we've had physical limitations and emotional limitations, you know, that, you know, the social distancing and stuff like that, but it's also come at an extreme price, right? Pun intended, but also but not intended because it's also, you know, people's mental health has declined a whole bunch too. Yeah. Um, oh my God. The number of friends that I have that would call me because they were panicking and they were going to go on anxiety medications, you know, or depression medications because they were stuck inside for five months, you know, and they didn't have horrible. jobs. Yeah. The whole thing is a mess. We have to take that into account too. It's not just like, okay, we're saving lives, but we're actually ruining other people's like, that's fucked up. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. There has to be a happy medium and we haven't figured it out yet. Well, let me ask you guys this. JC, I'll start with you. If Trump announced a vaccine tomorrow, would you take it? Um, I would want to see the science first. And I would want to see like Dr. Fauci, an actual medical professional person that is not, I would want third party studies not related to him. I would want to see the data, see the research for myself before I go and inject it into my body because he is not scientifically literate or educated. I, I, and I don't think it's right to expect politicians to be either. Like, I don't think it's, you shouldn't expect politicians to be biologists or virologists, whatever. But I also think that he has appointed people who are also anti-science or are not science literate. And then if you look at the debate, when, sci when it was brought up that some of his own scientists did not agree with some of his statements, he instantly labeled them as wrong. And I think that comes from a, a point of narcissism. So I would want to see the science and the data before I inject myself with God knows what. Because also, again, Trump was touting hydroxychloroquine for the rest of us peasants, but then he was getting Regeneron and all these absolutely amazing drugs that are cutting edge science that no one else has access to so it's like i want to take what he is taking as the most powerful man in the world and that's been tested by science and data i feel that well yeah they're obviously like i mean how bad would that look on america if like our president died from the you know what i mean like they're obviously gonna do everything in their power to keep this 70 year old man alive because like that would just be so bad if he ended up dying you know as like a nation um, I think if they came out with a vaccine, like, I really don't think I would take it. And I know that's probably not a good thing to say, but 
I mean, I don't even, I'm, I'm the kind of person that doesn't even get a flu shot, you know, like I just, I'm the like, same oh. way. It's, it's almost like, why take something? I don't, I don't know. Ariel, what do you think though? Like, I don't, I just, I don't think, and let's be honest. I think if he were to announce a vaccine, he's doing it for political gain. Like he's not exactly. doing it for the kindness of American people. I feel like if he announces a vaccine, he's doing it out of the sole purpose, hoping that like, oh, you know what? Like I really fucked up on how I handled the coronavirus and not saying anybody else could do better or could do worse. Like, I mean, it's a complete shit show what happened, but just like in general, him coming out with a vaccine is going to be so off-putting because it's going to look like it's for political gain, whether it's actually going to work or not going to work. It's, it's going to make everyone concerned to take it, you know? Yeah, I, I think I think it's um, I, I I don't know I I think I haven't I haven't talked about this publicly but I tested positive like in July I don't know if it was a false positive or not because I literally basically had no symptoms and it just well, what makes was me the reason for going because I had just come back from Texas oh okay it was a hot spot so I was like okay let me do the right thing and like whatever I had swollen glands but that was also because like I worked my ass off those two weeks when I was in Texas. Who the hell knows if it was a false positive? I also know a bunch of people that reported false positives. And I know that they were false positives because they didn't actually take the test. They went in and signed the paperwork. They had a too long of a wait. And then they got, they got home and, you know, the next day they got an email or whatever it was. And they got, you know, positive test results when they never actually took the test. So I think there's a lot of forgery, you know, or, you know, whatever going on here too. Not forgery, but (laughs) you know what I mean? Falsification. Um, and, And it makes me wonder why people are, are doing that are they doing it to to fuck with the president and and mess with the economy even more so again you know you know as as john said peasants like us jc said pe- peasants like us are more dependent on the government yet again you know killing everybody's businesses will do that right making the the disease or the virus seem 10 times worse than it is will do that and it'll scare the shit out of people into again trusting the government more because they don't know what else to do well, I think one of the big problems is, is they're mm-hmm. giving a huge incentive to hospitals and medical facilities yep. Yep. for a COVID death, for having COVID patients. So I feel, especially in the beginning when this was happening, I'm sure a lot of those deaths were not actually related to COVID. 100%. Yep. But I feel like there's also a lot more deaths that probably happened even prior to this whole thing happening that died of COVID, but were never actually reported. That's so I think the number is accurate, but I do think in the heat of the moment, like in New York, it was from a multitude of things. And I mean, if a hospital's getting X amount of dollars, like, and all they're going to do is fudge a number. I mean, what is somebody with money going to do in that situation? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a shame that, that that's how it is, but that's, you know, follow the money. <laughs> yeah. It's a problem. Um, okay, so pretty much we all agree that out of everybody here, unless a scientist comes out and says, like, you need to take this vaccine, none of us are taking it. I mean, if, if, I, if, I, if I go tomorrow and get the antibody test, which I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is pretty much pretty dead accurate, because I know there's, I don't yeah. think there's false positives. So if I come back with a test and I had COVID and it did, barely did nothing to me, I'm not getting a vaccine for that because it did nothing. Yeah. My body's, someone my body's who a had COVID. I don't want it, so I'm going to go get a vaccine. But if you've already had it and survived it, 
and your body has the antibodies, there's not as much of a necessity for you to get the vaccine, you know? Yes and no, because it does fade out within three months, I heard. The vaccine? Theoretically. No, the anti- so if you test positive for like antibodies in your blood, you can have like this resistance towards it for like three months. But then like, as time goes on, your resistance like slowly dwindles. So like, let's say you have it in July, you could potentially get it again come like January. You know what I mean? Because like your resistance isn't as high as it was. And that's been scientifically proven as well? Um, I'm pretty sure, JC. It's the same. It would be the same as with the flu. It's why we have to get the flu vaccine every year for the most part. And because of mutations and viruses are very unstable and they tend to mutate because of the nature of which they reproduce. So it would make sense. Okay, that makes sense. I could see that. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure if you, like, although your chances of, I mean, there's definitely been people who've gotten it twice. I've seen that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think there's three strains of it, they said. Mm Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, aside from COVID, let's talk about the LGBTQ community. So, JC, I'll start with you, but in general, like, if you see what Trump has done throughout his presidency, um, do you think that he's kind of helped or hindered the movement of equality? I think that, I think that he started his campaign off making very broad, very, very, like, he was trying to pander to the LGBT community without dissuading the Christian conservative base that he has from supporting him. For instance, when asked about the North Carolina, I think it was HB 1 or 2, about um, the transgender bathroom law, he said that it's not economically responsible for them to do that. Nothing about morality, but economics. And I think that kind of goes through to show that the rest of his promises about helping decriminalize homosexuality globally, which has not happened. And I have plenty of evidence to show he's done quite the contrary. I I think that he makes these promises, but he does not follow up on them, which could easily be a large portion of his campaign in general. But I think that he is not, I don't think he's actually homophobic. I think his entire basis or a large part of his Christian basis, you know? And so I think he's pandering to his base and who supports him the most. The majority of his supporters are not LGBT, but they are conservative Christians. So I would pander, if I was him, to the people who support me the most. So I think he does homophobic things. He enacts homophobic policies. And I think that he is a danger to the LGBT community. I think clear as day. Ariel, what do you think? What policies has he enacted that you think are homophobic? So when it comes to international policies, I know that he talked about saying, I'm going to decriminalize homosexuality globally, which first of all is very difficult in and of itself because there are plenty of the nations that kill gays and throw them off roofs are not exactly open to US interference and they're very set in their ways. But I think that if you look at, um, let me find it. So actually, first of all, I'd like to point out that in the Republican um, GOP playbook right now, they are about overturning gay marriage. That is in their playbook. They want to overturn that's, gay marriage. That's that actually, it's not accurate. Playbook. Yeah, that's, 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 it's, it's been debunked by now. No, it's not. I was just yeah. reading the, I was reading the GOP platform. I'm, you go, that's it. I know, but I'm saying it has, that website hasn't been updated and people are going crazy all because of Kim Davis, you know, and that whole thing. And it was, it was so long ago. And I, I think they're idiots for not updating, you know, their website 
before the election. I mean, yeah, but I know plenty of other conservatives were already saying, like, you should update this. And he said, no, we're going to keep it the same. And so until he changes it, why would we? He should change it. Well, he should, especially since he's, he's spoken and, and said that he has no plans of, of, of changing it, you know, of, of changing um, same-sex marriage. And, and also, it doesn't, it's not like it's going to happen overnight anyway, even, you know. Um, I remember he said, what, what was the quote? Let me see if I can find it. It said something like, you know, it, President Trump said the, in regards to the same, let me see if I can find it. Um, Post-election, President Trump went on 60 Minutes and mentioned the gay marriage legal cases. And he said, they've been settled and I'm fine with that. So he has, he has no, you know, no, he's, his position is, is he's just going to leave it as it is. I mean, it, it's also the Supreme Court. And um, let me find where that is. because I'm, I'm actually uh, making a video when, I, when we're done with this. I have to talk about all this stuff. But um, in the, the same-sex marriage case where it came from in 2015, um that's where the whatever where is it okay if first of all i think if they were to overturn it it would create so much more chaos than necessary then like then then like it would create so much more of a mess than it would fix like it, it's not gonna, first of all it's not gonna fix anything right it's just gonna make some christians happy whatever but you know even the in 2015 the argument against it noted if they did go forward with this how irreversible the decision would in fact be right all these marriages would be invalidated um custody inheritance taxes parental rights like all these like do you think they're trying to make a bigger mess like i don't think that would happen you know i don't think he thinks that far ahead now you asked about, and let's go back to international policy, because that's something I want to start off with. So um, anyways, so let's talk about Chechnya. This is an important topic. Chechnya has gay concentration camps. They kill gay men, purposely infect them with HIV AIDS, let them die, yada, yada, yada. It's horrible. So the United States refused to sign a joint statement issued by the United Nations calling for a swift and thorough and partial investigation into the alleged persecution. The United States abstained from that. They refused to participate in it. Since the news of the Chechen atrocities first broke in April 2017, the Trump-Pence White House refused to publicly condemn anti-LGBTQ attacks, and Chechnya is mostly under control by Russia or influenced by Russia. And obviously, Trump and Putin have a rather bizarre and somewhat inappropriate relationship. And I also will say that... Um, other things that he's done, they left the human rights campaign, like United Nations Council, the Human Rights Council that actually did a lot of work for LGBT people. So while he's going out and saying, I'm going to globally work to decriminalize homosexuality, he's taking the United States out of these important councils that work to do exactly that. He's getting rid of international and national resources to fight HIV, AIDS, and other STDs that affect LGBT communities at a higher rate. And he's refusing to call out Russia for their extreme homophobia and, and concentration camps. And I think that if you look at the, um, there was one point where he appointed one gay guy to his cabinet and everyone was like, oh my God, it's the first time he's appointed a gay man to his cabinet. Well, first of all, even at the GOP summer or whatever, he, re he did not talk about LGBT rights or the fact that he is a gay man once at all. People in the audience that were there were extremely homophobic, very homophobic remarks, 
ideas, beliefs, all these quotes. And so I think having him having the gay cabinet member is like me having the black friend and saying it's okay to be racist because I have the black friend, you know? And I think that there are plenty of other bills if you look at the way that adoption agencies that are can use religious liberty laws but are also federally funded can still discriminate against LGBT people. And it's like, if you're getting federal funds and we're supposed to have a separation of church and state, your religion should not impact whether or not LGBT- I would agree with that. Kids. Yes, absolutely. I agree with that. I, I think I think there should be a separation of, of religion and state, but I also think if you yeah, you said it perfectly. If it's being federally funded, they shouldn't be able to discriminate because it wouldn't be okay if they were discriminating, you know, against another minority, right? Um, based on their religion. Except I don't. I'm not sure a religion. I don't. I don't think any religion would be racist, right? Or xenophobic. It could be wrong, but I yeah. think. Most religions are just homophobic. Um, Definitely homophobic. Tea, yeah. Which I got canceled for that one. So, what by oh. saying religions homophobic? Oh yeah. I mean, a lot of them are. Not not every single person that's religious is homophobic. Yeah. A lot of religion does teach homophobic. Oh yeah. yeah. I still got canceled at the wazoo by the the left. It was lovely. Well, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, I, know. I just think in general, though, when you get into like the religious debate, I mean, it's difficult because they they don't teach you anything about gay culture. And I think this is just like a problem with like America in general. And I'm sure like there's not that many countries who are like actively working on this. But I mean, it is difficult. It's like once you are gay, you are left to figure out your own life. You know what I mean? Like they don't teach you how to have gay sex. They don't teach you how to like just like function as an LGBTQ person. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of times when you see Trump supporters, conservatives, it is very like intimidating as a gay man to like even think of like approaching a group of people or trying to like talk to a group of people like that or even like have a normal conversation. I mean, Ariel, I've known you for years, which is why I feel like you and I can always talk about anything. Like we travel, everything. But for the most part, if I was like with a group of like six Trump supporters, I would feel like beyond uncomfortable that like they're homophobic, they're going to eat me alive. And it just, I don't know. It's just something. I, I think I think it's understandable, but I don't think it's good for you to think that way. I don't think it does you any justice. It doesn't help you at all in, in the situation. I think the best I think it's good to keep your guard up, but I think it's also good to, again, get out of the echo chamber because a lot of these people that I've met, in fact, all of the people that I've met that are Trump supporters that follow me and watch my content and even subscribe to my OnlyFans page and they know I'm a lesbian and they don't give a shit, you know? And they're just happy that I'm a free thinker, you know? But don't you think they're doing that though because they are in the LGBTQ community? And I mean, I guess, in a sense, there's going to be people from all sides, no matter where you are. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you could look at like Jewish people, like there's going to be a certain percentage that are for Trump, a certain percentage that are for Biden. You right. could look at gay people, there's obviously going to be a certain percentage that are for Trump and a certain percentage of Biden. But I think in the gay community, it's, we're obviously brought up to think more socially because I feel like our social well, that's the only thing that makes us different is the way we interact socially. But if you think about like, just in general, our social rights have been taken away 
we never even had them, I should say. Right. So in order to get them, it's like you should be supporting the party that's helped you get to where we are now. And that's not the conservative party. I think that's how it used to be. I don't think that's how it is anymore. This uh, is what I'm this saying. Is it's like as somebody who, I mean, we can all sit here and say we all have platforms that are mostly with the LGBTQ community. And I feel like it's our job right now to be a voice for people who are like, you know what, do I vote this? Do I vote that? Like how to educate them. And I think at the end of the day, it's you need to look back at your history and realize that Trump's administration has been like abolishing like and attacking like the trans community. And like, if you look at all of us in general right now, we wouldn't be where we are even right now without the trans community. So it's like, as a member of the LGBTQ community, how can you, it's like, how can you not support, you can't support one letter without supporting all the letters. You know what I mean? Well, I, I, I you know, I'm going to disagree with that a little bit too, because there's a lot of, and I, and I get into, I've gone to hell and back with the trans community, um, with, with more radical trans activists, I should say. Um, because a lot of trans rights impedes on women's rights, right? So it's very difficult to support every single letter of the community, you know, to a degree of perfection. And I forget, what was the other, you said something else and I can't remember what it was that I had to say something, but I can't remember, it's okay. <laughs> It'll come back to me. Well, JC, what do you think? I mean, about support i think that i think that supporting trump as an lgbt person is is not i don't think there's a single reason to support him economically fiscally scientifically environmentally foreign policy i just don't see a positive and i think people think that i want to hate our president that i hate america i don't I like America. I want to like our president. I just can't. I mean, if you look at less than two hours after Trump and his and Vice President Pence were sworn to office, all mentions of LGBT issues were removed from the official White House webpage. To February 2017, in response to the U.S. Department of Justice announcement that it'll no longer challenge a nationwide hold on protection of transgender students, uh, Trump condemning his decision. Like it's just like over and over and over again. You can look at the data. You can look at the different times where they have defunded things, they've gotten rid of, of protections, the, even, even internationally, they had an LGBT specific envoy to work with fostering LGBT rights and communications that was created under the Obama era administration. In 2017, that position was empty and has been ever since. And it's like, there is a, there's a long and very obvious removal of LGBT rights, of respect, of, of funding, of equal treatment. And I think it's very insidious because you see so much of Trump said this, Trump did that, Trump wanted to grab her by the whatever. And so you see those things and you forget about all the other things he's done, like all the environmental travesties he's caused, all of the LGBT rights that he slowly stripped away or chipped at that we don't even know about. I think if you just look up like the human rights campaign thing, they have a whole list of it with data, backed evidence. And I think that it's kind of irrefutable at this point that, they, that he does not support the LGBT community in any way, shape or form. He just doesn't, you know? I, I personally agree with you. Um, 
I mean, we're running out of time, so I'll end it on this note. Um, do you guys, Ariel, I'll start with you. Do you want to just say who you plan on voting for and why within like 60 seconds? Oh, I, I mean, I'm voting for, for Trump for the first time in my life, voting for a Republican candidate. Um, number of f financial reasons, I would say. Um, I also don't, I, I also fear if I voted for somebody like Biden, first of all, I don't think Biden's mentally, you know, mentally stable at the moment. I think he, I think he is, you know, going downhill quick. Um, I don't, I, I fear as, as, as somebody that has worked really hard to get where she is, I would not want this country to go into a socialist, in my opinion, social, go a socialist direction. And I think that's, you know, Biden obviously is the most moderate out of, out of you know all the candidates that were picked for the Democratic uh, ticket, um, but it, it it would just I, I would be afraid that it would continuously go down that path, and socialism has never worked for anyone. In fact, there's a lot of uh, Cuban Americans um, who who would tell you the same thing. Uh, they came to this country because they wanted somebody like like President Trump or somebody that has his ideas um, and his ideals rather than somebody that wants to make it more socialist and communist. They, that's what they escaped from. And I have a lot of gay Cuban friends. Well, not a lot, three. <laughs> three gay Cuban friends that tell me uh, the exact same thing. So I, I, I think there's obviously pros and cons um, to both parties, to both candidates, to both, to, to everything, right? Um, and it's just a matter of what we hope the candidate that we like more will do based on what they, used to do or what they have uh, or what they might do we just have to hope that they're they're going to do what benefits you know the american people the most i mean i'll say my vote already sent it in um i personally voted for biden i think trump in my opinion had four years to pretty much do everything that we just said and he didn't do it and i just think that like in the beginning I was uneducated and kind of viewed it as a joke. Like I was like, oh my God, how funny would it be if he actually did become president? Personally, didn't even vote. And then when I saw how everything occurred this past year, you can't help but think that if I did vote or we had a different president, all these problems that we're currently having wouldn't be an issue right now. And I think the only way out of this situation is we need a new face. And no, obviously Biden's not the perfect candidate, um, I listened to Kamala Harris and Mike Pence talk, and I actually wish Kamala was running as president because I would probably vote for her before Biden personally. Um, but I guess my advice for anybody listening would be vote for who you think is going to best benefit you and um, who you think you side with most. Um, JC, what do you think? I will be voting for Biden-Harris tickets on October 12th, early voting in Georgia. I think that fiscally, our economy is disastrous. We're going to be, this is the first presidency where we've lost more jobs ever than started with. That's never happened. I think economically, it's terrible. I think that the tax, tax cuts only for the rich is not helpful for the middle class. I think that's he is a criminal, doesn't pay tax. I pay more taxes than him as a college student. I think LGBT rights, he set back both domestically and internationally. I think foreign policy has also 
been in the hole because of him. I think the, the war on science that he's fostered is also disastrous. I think infrastructure is just, he's had every opportunity to do something like just something like I would like to give him a bone and I can't and I want change and more so I just want to be done with COVID and I do not see an end to COVID anytime soon under a continued Trump presidency and that's why I'm voting for the most part for Biden Harris because I want this to be over I think we all want this to be over agree yeah. <laughs> I want to like wear cute outfits again and like go out and travel and like maybe we could all hang out one day. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Until that day, guys, please go vote, register to vote. Um, I know by the time this comes out, it's going to be too late for that, but people worked hard for you to go vote. So do it. All right, JC, all right, y'all, thank you for coming on. I know it's tough to talk about this shit sometimes. So no, we need to talk about it. it. Exactly. All right, guys. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.